people usually say they've got these butterflies or these things in them when they've got an idea was the fact that I was getting really angry with myself because I had this idea and I wasn't doing anything about it. And I was just wasting time. I was just like waiting for the perfect moment. That's where my goal setting journey really started because it made sense to me. It was just like, if I have a goal and understand why I want to do it and how I'm going to get there, it's just literally put in the work and tick it off. And I, and I quickly understood from an early age that some of your goals you won't achieve and that's okay. There's going to be setbacks and there's going to be obstacles, but the message is to get back on your horse and keep going. Two steps forward, one step back. Looking back, if I didn't decide to start this, I'd be probably working in the corporate world and probably hating my job and just sort of doing it for a paycheck. Whereas this is, you know, when you get those emails of people saying, we love your products and what you're doing is inspiring us, that's brilliant. You know, that's when you really look back and go, actually, we're, we're sort of, we are creating something, we're doing something good. Hi, everyone. My name is Dustin Elliott, and welcome to another episode of the Y2 Podcast. Here on the Y2 Podcast, I interview interesting and noteworthy people to learn about their journeys and specifically look to understand their beliefs, values, mindset, and the resources they use to get started and succeed on their journey. Before I introduce you to today's guests, I want to take a very quick minute and thank the Y2 Podcast sponsor, YZ. YZ is an easy-to-use online training software that makes it so simple to create and deliver online learning. I actually love this product so much, I reached out to these guys and wanted to work with them as I see the power of their system for clients. This online training software is very flexible, and you can use it to automate a whole range of tasks in your business. For example, you can manage all of your employee training, train customers and partners in your products, track licenses and qualifications of your staff, create and sell online courses, and capture more leads with free online courses and so much more. Make sure you jump over to their website, yz.com, that's w-y-z-e-d.com, to check out some videos and even get started today with your own 14-day free trial, and of course, let them know I sent you when you head on over. But back to today's show, and today's guest is Adam Jellick. Adam is currently founder and managing director at My Goals. Their mission is to help you unlock the potential within yourself to dream, plan, and take action on the life you want. More than just a stationary brand, they're a global community of dream chasers and action takers. I had uh, I had actually originally found Adam in my goals from a Kickstarter campaign where I was blown away to see they'd raised four times their goal and had an amazing outpouring of support and interest in their latest product, aptly called Gold Digger. I'm going to be honest with you from the outset, this isn't a triumphant overnight success story where by doing these two simple things, you too can create a multi-million dollar business for yourself tomorrow. It's the story of Adam's life as he recounts how he faced the challenges that we all face when we chase our dreams. The challenges of self-doubt, people pushing you towards a safe path, the responsibilities that life can thrust upon you unexpectedly, and ultimately how to live life towards your values and goals. But in that, Adam has done something that very few people have accomplished and something I have utmost respect for. He has faced those same challenges we face and actually pushed past all of them to create the incredible business and brand he leads now. Like I said, this isn't an overnight success story, but a real and honest recount of exactly how he connected the dots to live a meaningful life he does now. It's almost weekly that I'm speaking with people, just like you listening to this podcast now, who get told their ideas aren't viable, 
or they tell me that they can't quit their job to chase that passion, or their family expects them to follow the safe route. And Adam's story is the quintessential one of how he still managed to make it all happen and provides us the lessons to help you do the same. Telling his story is the reason I started the podcast, that I truly believe that every one of you listening to this now has the potential to chase your dreams and make it big. Now we all face the same challenges in life to some extent, but we are all able to break through them and become the best versions of ourselves. It doesn't have to be about starting a business. It's about living a life with purpose, chasing your dreams, and ultimately becoming a gold digger. Please make sure to subscribe to the Y2 podcast wherever you're listening to this, and it would be awesome if you can leave a review, especially on iTunes. Make sure you follow the Y2 podcast on Facebook, where you can find us by searching for the Y2 podcast on Facebook. And a special thanks to Belinda Coombs from Red Lemon Productions for being the Y2 podcast audio engineer. That being said, let's get to today's chat. Adam, welcome to the Y2 podcast. Thanks for having me, Dustin. Matt, really looking forward to getting in today's chat. I, uh, I actually stumbled across uh, your business when I was actually looking for a uh, planner of my own um, a, while, a while back. And obviously, we'll talk a little bit about what you do and how you do it. But uh, it was rather serendipitous that I found it. I let it through, and all of a sudden, I found out that you're practically in my backyard as well, too. So um, learned about your story, and uh, obviously, we had a chat, and it's an uh, incredible story, and I think something that... I have conversations with people all the time about, and they're just throwing out these reasons why they can't do what they want to do, what they, they truly inside want to achieve in their life. And having chatted with you, you've gone through that journey, but you've taken the punt. And uh, I think there's so much wisdom to come out of your chat. I'm really looking forward to it. No, pleasure. I'm looking forward to having a chat as well. And like you said, I mean, it's, it's, it's commonly the, the same excuses. And I've been through it. I've, I've you know, managed it, and I still go through it today. So it's, it never ends, Absolutely. but you just got to learn how to manage it and you got to learn how to, you know, be better, um, learn how to adapt and, and be self-aware of, mm. you know, where you're going wrong and sort of, you know, pick a, pick the right path, I guess, from that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But as always, we want to start off with uh, always a bit of a story to kind of get to know you. And I was rather relieved to know that you and I both suffer from the the, the, the rather interesting uh, social peculiarity, I think I'll call mm-hmm. it, especially when it comes to meeting yeah. people. And I've, I've always said, uh, coming from Canada, we don't really do our introductions in terms of when you meet somebody. It's a little more straightforward. But Australia, I'm realizing it's a little bit more challenging. And we were reflecting on that earlier. Tell us about your uh, your rather interesting experience not too long ago. Look, look, hundred percent. And I think what makes it interesting here in Australia is the fact that there's so many cultures. And I'm European background, so for me, it's always it's basically two kisses, left cheek, right cheek. And um, just recently, one of the colleagues here at work, um, we were at an event, and um, she came down, and it was just that awkward. Do I go for a hug? Kiss on one cheek, kiss on two cheeks, and then we just ended up sort of dancing <laughs> in, in front of all these people. So it was. And I quickly realized that it happens to me quite a lot these days in terms of that, that initial, you know, introduction. And it's just the fact that I analyze too many things. Yeah. It's like, do I go in for two kisses? Do I go in for the hug? Do I go in for the handshake? And what ends up happening is my body just does these weird things <laughs> and up and doing nothing. So yeah, that's, it's, it's just an awkward thing, but, um, yeah, I just have to sort of be more free and just. 
go with it. Yeah, more in the moment. In and, the moment, yeah, exactly. I've uh, I've yeah, I've had a few of my own sort of rather interesting experiences like that too. And I've come to the same thing too, but yeah. it's hard because your brain's going, "What do I do? I don't want to look like an idiot." Exactly. But, man, I usually come out looking like an idiot <laughs> anyway. Too. So Me too. definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again. Hundred percent. But and, and the funny thing is, I do it here in the office, and people have realised so it was funny. It was more funny the fact that it was a colleague, and you know, she's experienced my awkwardness in terms of meeting someone. So it was funny when it sort of happened between us. So yeah, was it was it was a funny experience? Definitely. I <laughs> well, appreciate you sharing that. I, I know it's not easy. I said I've I've been there a few times, and after you, you go red face, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, yeah. what did I just do? Did but... anyone notice that I just sort of went in for like half a hug and half a kiss? No. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Now. You uh, you have a bit of a, a different background, I suppose you should say, in terms of where you sort of started and where you thought your life was going to go is obviously quite a bit different. I'd love if you could just take us back um, and just really talk about soccer. You were you were uh, quite an aspiring soccer player back then. I love if you can just sort of take us back and tell us a bit more about what you thought your life was going to be like. Look, look, growing up, soccer was my thing. Um, I loved it. And um, at the age of 16, I thought that was going to be my profession. So... You know, connecting the dots. I remember Steve Jobs talking about connecting the dots to you know what what Apple became. Mine starts at sixteen when I was that soccer player. So I was I was in year eleven, year twelve. I was on the verge of sort of, you know, that was going to be my livelihood, and and that's all I put my eggs. I basically put my eggs in one basket. So that was my dream, my aspirations, and and around the same time, I also read you know a, a book that really changed my life called The Hero's Journey by Jim Steins, and that sort of taught me to sort of to think ahead, um, to believe in my dreams and my passions because that was my escape from the ordinary. Um, and I and, and literally, like I said, I put everything into that into that soccer dream and unfortunately uh, I got to train with the seniors in the old ex-National League. Um, the team was Melbourne Knights and I was in the youth team. I was vice-captain, captain at some stages um, and then I'd done the preseason with the seniors and unfortunately I didn't make the grade and, and that was that's, that hurt a lot. You know, after putting everything on the line and thinking this is my escape, this is my this is my chance to shine. Because prior to that, my family, you know, European background, you know, the future was very simple: it was go to school, get good grades, go to university, and get a good corporate job. And I always felt there was always uh, it, it didn't seem right to me, and I always felt a resistance to it. And soccer was my escape from that. I loved the game; I was good at the game, and it just felt natural. So when it didn't happen, that was when literally, you know, that moment when it's like, shit, now what do I do? Mm. And I had that moment where it's like my dream literally is is slipping away and um, I really don't know what to do. And, and it was a scary moment and it was just sort of like a, a moment when you just accept your future. It's like, you know what, I'm just going to do what mum and dad and all my peers expect me to do and that was, you know, go to university and, and work, you know, go from there, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, you know, soccer was a – it was – it was fun. It was exciting, and it taught me a lot of valuable lessons in terms of you know peak performance and and, and bettering yourself and, and playing at a, at a level high level. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it didn't work out. But in hindsight, it was you know it was it was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you remember what you felt that initial feeling when all of a sudden you didn't you know yeah at what point you didn't get picked in that that moment where it kind of came crashing down? I guess. Do you remember what what your feeling was yeah. at that moment? It, uh, look, and it's funny to say that I felt somewhat of a relief at the same time. I was I was obviously disappointed and really sad that I didn't get chosen into the team, but I also felt a sense of relief because, you know, uh, growing up, comfort zone was that was me. I was the guy in in, in my comfort zone and, and being uncomfortable. Um, 
you know, that, that was really tough for me. So in terms of not getting picked, it meant I just went back to my normal day-to-day, mm-hmm. which was comfortable for me. So it was, it was, it was a weird sense of relief, um, anger. But then obviously as those weeks go by, it, it turns into like sadness because that was my dream and, and it didn't happen. That was way out. Yeah, exactly. You know, to play in front of thousands of people and, you know, play the game that I love, that was, that, you know, what, what, what more could you ask for? Yeah, and we spoke about too prior to turning over the tape today too that you that was your story as well too right because people really thought that this is this is Adam he's gonna we're gonna see him playing you know in the national soccer and making it big kind of thing so you had a really a story written about you by other people that like you said you were kind of alluded to you weren't I mean it was your dream but at the same time when that wasn't done it's almost like what do I do yeah that's what people expected I mean in terms of you know growing up it was like Adam's gonna play professional soccer player he's the soccer player guy um and yeah, you sort of, and and I mentioned before, it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because what happened was, you know, especially throughout that, you know, when I was 16, 17, when you're on the verge, you know, people are like, yeah, you got to make it, you got to do it. And you sort of start believing what they're telling you. You sort mm-hmm. of like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. And then unfortunately you get complacent and that's what happened to me. You sort of get complacent and when everyone's telling you you can do something, you've got to be doing it, it's, it's really positive, it's mm-hmm. really great. But then for me somewhat, it just sort of, I sort of expected it to happen. But when people tell you you can't do it, that's when that extra fuel burns and, yeah. and you go out of, you know, and you do extra and you push yourself harder. So it was, it was a funny transition, you know, that period. It was probably, you know, two months, three months where I just sort of, I sort of said to myself, this is happening and, and I became a little bit more complacent about the whole thing mm. instead of having that extra burning, you know, desire and that fuel to sort of make sure I got into the team or make sure, I, you know, performed better. Yeah. It reminds me as well too, as you talked about that, kind of the, the idea of the growth mindset too, right? Because, and I've, I've experienced this in other rights, not on a professional soccer level. People go, you're good, you're great, you're an yeah. awesome soccer player kind of thing, right? But what I think a lot of time we don't actually break down is, yeah, you are, you, you know, phenomenal, you get a ball and you're dancing yeah. in and out and your shots are seeming like they're just arcing out of nowhere. But they don't really look at the fact that it's all the activity and breaking that down kind of thing. So you're a great soccer player, but if you break that down, you are really good handling the ball and you've got amazing yeah. stamina kind of thing too, right? So we just get a little bit bought into this, I am the soccer player, not have developed really hard on all these yeah. skills and, and it's culminated to be a good soccer player right so. 100% all that hard work that you put into it you you know people just see that one thing oh you're a good soccer player but all that work that you put into it yeah. um, the mindset and like I said that book The Hero's Journey I started to get into you know personal development I started to read about entrepreneurs and I started to expand my knowledge and my thinking because I wanted to you know improve my odds mm-hmm. that, that was the thing I wanted to improve my chances of you know becoming a professional soccer player I wanted to give myself the edge and um you know, that's that's where my goal-setting journey really started because it made sense to me. It was just like if I have a goal and and and, and understand why I want to do it and how I'm going to get there, mm-hmm. it's just literally putting the work yeah. and tick it off. And I, and I quickly understood from an early age that it's, you know, some of your goals you won't achieve and that's okay. There's going to be setbacks and there's going to be obstacles, but, the, you know, I guess the message is to get back on your horse and keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, two steps forward, one step back. And that's okay. And, and and I didn't expect any magical potions or, you know, the fact that I set a goal, that means it's, it's guaranteed, <laughs> it which it wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and which is a good thing, in, you know, looking back because I had the right mindset and the right definition of goal setting. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, that's that's what sort of made it seem so logical and so easy for me. Mm, absolutely. No, I appreciate that. But 
Now, you soccer didn't quite go the way it went. Um, you went to now you went to uni, right? Um, yeah. What did you do again in uni? So health science uh, down at Deakin um, in Burwood. Um, and I was literally in for six months and <laughs> I deferred because it, as most people said, you know what, I'll make mum and dad happy. Yeah. I quickly you know, chose that subject because I said, yeah, I like sport, I like health. I didn't like science, but I just sort of thought, yeah, you know, the sport part of it, Mm. that should make up for it. Similarly kind of fit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just the quick, it's just like getting in and just, yeah, you know, mum and dad are going to be happy and everyone else is going to, you know, give me a break. And yeah, basically went in, done the six months and decided this is not for me. Mm. And and I said to myself, yeah, I'll come back. I'll take six months off, do, you know, do that gap here. And never went back. So, <laughs> and what'd you do? End up, what'd you end up doing after that? Then, after you dropped out, I went. In, I went into personal training. Um, at the time, there was this thing, you know, eight weeks, and you could become a personal trainer. And again, um, I connected the dots. I said, you know what? I like sports. I like health and fitness. I'm, I'm fit. Mm-hmm. Um, let's become a personal trainer. And then that's what I did, um, which was exciting. Um, you know, it sort of it, it was along the lines of what I want to, you know, be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, helping myself and helping others. And, and again, when you connect the dots looking back, you can see the correlation, you can see the process. So, yeah, it worked out well. Mm. Now, I think interestingly enough, you actually had a run-in with uh, one of my former podcast guests as well too. Yes. You uh, had uh, Travis, you met at some point, didn't you? Travis was my teacher. <laughs> um, Tra- Travis was one of the guys that took our classes. So, yeah, small world and he's gone on to become the bucket list guy. So, yeah, I remember Travis. Yeah. And, I, and I had a really – and there was another teacher called Zach – and Zach was one of the – he was probably one of the most motivating, inspiring guys I've ever had the chances to meet. It was like a – have you seen Dead Poets Society? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he was like yeah. a Robin Williams wow. character. And the guy was like 80% deaf and – but this, he was just – he was this next level in mm. terms of, you know, he just made us look at things differently. He just connected with the group. Mm. And, you know, it was, it was one of the first times that I've had that experience of, you know, really connecting with someone that thought differently. Um, you know, a lot of the teachers prior to that was just, you know, it was very similar. It was, it was all the same, same, whereas this guy's, you know, taught us to look at things differently. So do you have like an example of how he, how he kind of went? A simple thing was, it was, I remember it was like um, throughout a session, it was like, all right, guys, I want you to walk outside the campus and I just want you to walk around the block and just look up, look up sideways and just look at things differently. And it was this simple thing and you see us walking outside, putting our heads up, looking at the city, looking at it from a different vantage point. Similar to what Robin Williams did in Dead Poet Society when he got him to get on the on, on the desk, yeah. but that simple thing, you know what I mean? It's like this is it allowed us to be in that moment, um, that presence. So um, yeah, simple things like that. I, I, I still remember to this day. So he started to look at things different. Um, I suppose as you started to go through that, um, what what happened next? What was sort of your next role out of that? Because you, the idea for my goals came at about this time. Is that right? Probably a year or two later, yeah. but around that time, what I did was I, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to get good at the basics. And the basics for me was, well, I'm not, you know, working in the ultimate career that I want to be. I'm going to get good at one thing, which was saving. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I set goals around saving money um, for a deposit, for a house, or for a, you know, for whatever, you know, car. But that, that was the one thing I did. So I, I didn't waste all those years just sort of going in between jobs. I, I literally had I had a purpose, which was in terms of you know if I don't know what I'm doing now, I'll, I'll you know I'll try new things, but I'll save in the meantime, mm-hmm. and I set goals around it, which was good. So that was a, it was a positive over those years, which you know people might look at you, you. You chopped and changed a few jobs. You went into sales roles. You went and sold personal training courses. You sold photocopiers, but there was a plan there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know while I was sort of 
developing ideas or, you know, learning how to plan. Yeah. I love the thing as well, too, and I want to just get on my soapbox for a second because so many people, and even myself as well, too, you don't know necessarily what that big thing is. Mm -hmm. But as I, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast, some of the best advice I've ever ever been given to me is you got to, you got to think that you don't just roll out of bed one day, open up the computer, quit your job and go, all right, time to, uh, time to this life changing business kind of thing. You actually start six months before that moment. So you don't just quit your job, roll out of bed, open up your computer and open up a fresh document. You carry on with where you've gone kind of thing. And, And even if, I keep telling people all the time that a lot of the times from the story, something I've gleaned out of it is that the the entrepreneurs that people have spoken with have actually started a long time ago to go, I know I'm going to need this skill eventually. Let me start developing it. Let me start focusing on those basics. So when you do decide to turn it on, as the saying goes, you fall to the level of your training, not rise to the level of your hopes. So at that time, you hope you're going to do well, but you haven't done anything, you know, like, 100%. 100%. You know that in terms of, you know, prior to that, and I, and I consciously decided to take sales roles um, because, you know, a lot of the books you read, it's, you know, entrepreneurship or developing your own business. Mm. The biggest thing is selling, selling yourself, selling your vision. Um, so, you know, throughout the time that I was, you know, I made a conscious decision to go into sales roles. Um, also, you know, when I started my goals, um, you know, I couldn't go into it full-time because I had responsibilities at the time. I think 2010 was literally when I started my goals. And that year, I got married. Um, I got a mortgage. I also found out we're having our first child in nine months. So all these things <laughs> happened at once. And, and I wasn't in a position where I could just sort of pack up everything and go, you know what? I'm just going to take a year off, two years off and, and, and just try this thing. Mm. I consciously had to sort of, you know, be responsible. I was a father now. Um, you know, I had, had other people to sort of look after. And in that time, I decided the roles that I would take in corporate would allow me to have flexibility. So I knew at, the, at that stage that I wasn't going to try, you know, develop a career in something. But I decided to take roles where I had that ability to sort of, you know, work from home, work from a home office, mm. um, or, or I really understood the market well, so you know that I could, you know, get the job done efficiently and effectively, and, and also build up my goals. Um, so that, that was, you know, something that I took on board. In, in terms of, you know, learning skills and learning, you know, being aware of what I'm trying to do and that planning ahead, you know, being ahead of the game in terms of, okay, if I'm going to be doing this, I need, I need, to, I need to have time to be able to do it. Yeah, and, and what's the best way I can make it work? Yeah. And one thing too you touched on there, and I know we spoke about early on prior to the podcast, is just this idea that, you know, when you were starting, when you, you had that inkling for that sort of that journey of something greater, you weren't necessarily really supported through that. There was sort of the safe route, like I said, get a job, you know, settle down, have some kids kind of thing. And there yeah. wasn't that, 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 that necessarily the support there of taking that big leap out there. And, you know, I think that's something that we face all the time. Mm-hmm. I know myself as well, too. You know, my, my parents come, they bless them, love them to bits, but they come from very safe, blue collar, you know, they've worked at the jobs for 30 years kind of thing, right? And it's like, how are you going to make money? You know, yeah. and, and I know they love me and they support me and they're trying to look out for me in the best interest. But in that moment when you have that inkling, which I think if you're listening to this podcast, you have some sort of inkling yeah. for something you want to do that you don't have now, it can be really challenging when you don't have that support and in fact it feels like you know the people around you are trying to hold you back not because they don't think you can succeed i'm sure they they, because they care they care absolutely so i suppose how did you kind of balance that with this idea that you know you got to do because you're the family and that's what they want to do but at the same time that 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 aspiring to to want to do more it it was it was challenging really challenging um you know i started this business when i was 26 and and prior to that i had different ideas and 
you know, I was always fearful. I always had these excuses. It was like, oh, I can't do it because, you know, I don't have the money, which was, you know, basically my parents tell me, you know, you need to have money to make money. You need to know the right people. So there's always these limiting beliefs. And it took me, you know, like I said, up to 26 to sort of say, nah, that enough's enough. I'm going to actually start doing something. Mm. Um, but it, it's, it's a constant challenge and it just doesn't go away. You know, even, you know, six, seven years on, people, you know, within my networks and, and, and my close people like my friends and family, they still look out for you. So they want the safe thing. You know what I mean? They, they don't understand that, you know, you can, you can make money selling stationery or you can, you know, make money online or, you know, you can change the world. You can do these bigger things because they've got limiting beliefs in terms mm. of, you know, what they've been brought up with and, and what they know. And it's not a bad thing, but it was just something that I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with and I knew I wanted to do more. And, and, and look back and say, you know, well, at least I gave it a go or, or I tried and, and, you know, anything's possible. You know, you know, when you watch something, you watch a documentary, you watch a Hollywood film and that, you just go, why can't, why can't I be that person? Why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, it's about representing potential and possibility and, and, and realizing my full potential. And that was the thing, you know what I mean? It's, um, it's never going to end. Always going to be, there's always going to be people that doubt you or, or try to bring you back. Um, whether it be through, you know, they're, they're trying to help you out or they're, they're looking out for you or the fact that just, you know, they're, they're feeling a little bit jealous or, and that's going to happen. But for me, it's just, it's understanding that and, and trying to surround myself with positive people and people that believe in the vision. It's, it's, it's amazing what happens when you start, you know, building a little bit of momentum and, and you know, my belief. Uh, I, I believe, you know, from, from year one, the belief was, you know, imagine I could get, you know, the My Goals Diary into one bookstore. Once that happened, it was like the next year was like, imagine we, you know, I could get this into, into say bookstores and that happened. Then it was like, imagine I could get this into international waters, like into New Zealand bookstores. And when that happens and you just keep building this belief year in, year out or day in, day out. And now we're at a stage where it's like, imagine we could have our product stocked throughout the whole world. Um, we've got a US um, sales agent on board. We've got a UK distributor looking after Europe and, and London, which is all UK. So it, each year, you know, the more action we take, the more things we do, you know, we build that self-belief, you know, from personally and, and as a business as well. So it's just, you know, I understand that if it is to be, it's, you know, it's up to me and my mindset in terms of <laughs> you just got to go out and do it and you've got to keep telling yourself it's possible yeah. and keep you know, churning and, 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 you know, taking action on a day-to-day perspective. I couldn't help but uh, pull a big smile there for a sec. quote. Travis, actually, that's his quote. Yeah. I think he actually has it tattooed on his arm. It's, it's a brilliant quote. Yeah. But it, it is, it, it's, it's, it, the whole entrepreneurial journey is, is it's basically you're fighting against yourself and what you're thinking on a day-to-day basis. You know, yeah, there's days you that, versus you. It is. It, that's the biggest challenge, you versus you. Um, you know, there's obviously day-to-day stuff and there's external things that happen, but ultimately it's, it's when things aren't going well. And when those obstacles arise, it's, it's how you react to them. And it can be challenging. It can be really hard. But you just, like I say, you know, for me, it's like, all right, two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. I'm, I'm already expecting that it's going to be challenging. I've already accepted that if I'm feeling really comfortable, then something's not right. You know, so I've accepted that, you know, to, for us to progress, for myself to progress, I need to be uncomfortable. I need yeah. to be really pushing and challenging myself. Absolutely. And I know one thing too, I've talked about on the podcast and I'm becoming more and more passionate about is this idea that while the podcast is sitting down with entrepreneurs like yourself, I also believe that how you do anything is how you do everything. So even if your goal isn't to start a business, it's you want to just do something internally in the business or you just want to lose some weight. Yeah. It's you versus you. It's you in that moment, like we spoke about before, yeah. it's making those healthy decisions all the way through and nobody else is putting 
putting the yeah. donut to your mouth. Nobody else. Yeah. It's you. It's only you. Nobody's stopping you from getting up in the morning. Put your shoes on and go for a freaking run. Yeah. It's you kind of thing. So that's the whole thing. The biggest in anything in all aspects of our lives. It's it, 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 we are our biggest enemies, and you know we are also our biggest biggest hope. Yeah. So hundred no hundred percent. So. So going back for a sec, so you were working in these jobs that allowed you to, from a strategic sense, start to develop skill sets and whatnot. So mm-hmm. at what point did you finally go, enough is enough, I need to take that next step kind of thing? I mean, the first step was the fact that I, I got to a point where it's like, I've got this idea. Um, the idea itself came from, um, I was in a personal development day uh, and the, the teacher at the time, he said, I want to take out a scrap piece of paper and write your goals on it. And, and my moment was, you know, I've been doing this for years. I've been writing my, you know, sports goals and my savings goals. And I said to myself, the only issue I find, and I was talking to myself, was the fact that you lose that scrap piece of paper and it doesn't, it's not personal. It's, it's, it doesn't look good. Aesthetically, it's not pleasing. And after that session, I went to my boss at the time and I said, look, I'm, I'm going to design my own goal-setting journal or diary. And he sort of laughed it off. And he sort of said, you know, okay, good for you, basically. Um, I went away with it and I started to, you know, basically, you know, when you get an idea, you sort of <laughs> quickly scribble it down and, and then what tends to happen is that after a few weeks, you don't do anything really with yeah. it. Um, so what happened was I decided to go on to the computer mm-hmm. and I went into Word and I literally typed out the whole journal mm-hmm. um, and printed it off and got a $2 notebook, one of those red and black ones from a $2 shop. And basically stuck together all the pages and, and created, you know, the first version of, you know, the gold diary mm-hmm. or the My Goals diary. And from there, I approached my now business partner, Alec, who was a graphic designer. And I've known Alec since I was in high school. Since year nine, we basically sat next to each other in graphic graphics and art classes. And I said, hey, you know what I mean? Um, can you design this for me? Can you put this, you know, you know can you make it look pretty? And and do your thing. Um, in the beginning, he sort of laughed it off and he, he really didn't have time. And so he sort of said, look, you know, can't really help at this stage. And I sort of went away because, you know, when someone tells you that your idea isn't, you know, they give you that inkling that it's, mm. it's not that good of an idea. And I sort of went into my show and I said, like, no one believes in this. It's I'm sort of wasting my time. And I sort of didn't do much with it for the next few months. And then it got to a point where I was getting frustrated with myself. You know, people usually say they've got these butterflies or these things in them when they've got an idea, which is the fact that I was getting really angry with myself because I had this idea and I wasn't doing anything about it and I was just wasting time. I was just like waiting for the perfect moment. So finally, I, you know, I got the courage again and, and I went back to Alec and I said, look, this is it. Can you please design this? And and, and he did. And, um, you know, so we ended up making a sample product. It cost about $150 to get one sample done, one sample printed and bound at the university bindery there in Caulfield. And I used it uh, for a few months and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to try to sell this. And I made a list of all the, you know, Melbourne books, bookstores and, and gift stores I wanted to get the product in and just cold called. <laughs> Introduced myself and said, this is what, who I am, this is what I'm doing, I'd love to meet. And, and, and to my surprise, you know, majority of them said, yeah, come really? out. Really? Yeah. And it, and it was just that moment where it was like I've been waiting all these years because I was fearful of what people may think and it was just that. And they're just like, yeah, come past. Hmm. And I was like, shit, that was easy. It was just like, <laughs> you know, when you put, you know, you put this big thing in front of you, it's like, oh, it's going to be so hard. Everyone's going to say no. And then all of a sudden they say yes. And then after you meet with one of them, so one of the first orders was from Readings, um, which is Melbourne's biggest independent bookstore. Yeah, because that's, uh, you went for a big fish there. I mean, that's... Yeah, literally a 20-minute meeting, fantastic buyer, and it was really nice. And he goes, yeah, 
love it. Um, let's test it out. And he ordered 20 or 30 products. And wow. It was going. It was just like, now it's real. Now I have to actually create it. So you're starting to get some orders and starting to build a little bit, a little bit of momentum with people, you know, you know, some pretty big names already jumping on or big in terms of the context of mm-hmm. Melbourne. So was, do you remember when, when, it, when you started to get orders and it started to be for this interest and things started to, to essentially move? Yeah, well, I, I definitely remember it. And it was, it was one of those things when we expanded, when I decided to expand interstate, I used that leverage. Um, you know, I use those contacts from contacts from down here in Melbourne, like, you know, the readings, the magnation, the Zetaphones. These guys were, you know, the big stationary players, independent stationary players here in Melbourne. And I use that and, and I use that with all the inter, interstate, you know, retailers. And I said, hey, we're stocked in magnation, we're stocked in, you know, paper point or readings. They love our products. Do you want to test them out? <laughs> and, and it worked really well. And, you know, majority of them said, yeah, definitely. I, I didn't, and it was actually really surprising because I haven't met 80% of them. I've, you know, in, in the beginning, <laughs> I was literally just an email with a, with a few images. And the fact that I name dropped those, mm. those customers, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a crack. If they're stocking it, we'll do it. And that sort of built that belief. And, and, and from the early days, it was about fulfilling my need, mm. you know, fulfilling, you know, you know, I need to sort of have this, you know, beautiful, aesthetically pleasing, you know, diary with me um, that was well structured to sort of going, you know what, this is much bigger. And when you start getting emails from, you know, customers that have bought the product and saying, you know, this is this, I've been looking for this, you know, all my life. I've been looking for a structure and a layout like this. Mm-hmm. That's when you start, you know, that belief goes to that next level and it's like, you know what, what else can we do? Mm. How, how big can we go? We've only tapped into, you know, Australia. Um, you know, can we get bigger and bigger? Can we actually, you know, develop a movement? And, you know, the vision, you know, has then, you know, transferred from, you know, a stationary business to a lifestyle business. And that's where we're sort of heading towards in the future. You know, we want to be that go-to place for for people that want to be better themselves and, and just, you know, represent possibility. Well, I love, too, one of the things you said and that originally you were saying, this is just kind of you scratching your own itch, essentially, right? Yeah. You kind of got this inkling about goal setting. You've been able to save, you know, financially, you know, quite well. And then all of a sudden starting to realize the power of that and just scratching your own itch about it, too. I mean, 100%. Tim Ferriss talks a lot about how, and I know probably collectively the YT podcast has grown um, as a listenership because I'm tired of hearing about Tim Ferriss, but it's a big inspiration of mine. And in that, it's just about scratching your own itch, essentially, right? And going, hang on a sec. If, if I feel this and this podcast was, this podcast is the same thing too. I'm just trying to, ha- I have these own ideas, I have these own questions and I'm trying to seek out people and, and ask it. And, and I know, I know there's dozens, there's yeah. hundreds of people out there who are, who are sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Thousands who are sitting there thinking the same thing as well too. And if I can get people like you and on the podcast and say well hang on a sec hang on a sec adam i don't you know yeah. i don't really know i've got this family pressure and you can say you can give your side it's it's just scratching your own itch essentially and it starts to go and go from there but it's just back to what are you passionate about what are you interested about you know and, and when you are yeah what you nailed it in terms of you know the, the lesson the key lesson was if you're if you've got a problem or if you've got a passion you can be rest assured that there's millions of people around the world that have the same issue or have the same problem they want fixed and that was, that, that was like a, another light bulb moment. So, like, you know, the fact that I created something that was meaningful, that was purposeful, it just showed me that there's so many other people looking for the same thing. And, and that's, you know, in terms of going forward, it's any idea that I have now, I, I sort of look at the idea and I go, that, you know, I, I can bet you that there's so many other people <laughs> yeah. out there that are probably asking the same thing. Yeah. And, and that's a good starting point. Whereas if you're going into business just to make money, yeah. 
and things don't go well, you know, Steve Jobs said it the best. If you're not passionate about what you do, you'll probably end up giving up mm-hmm. when times get tough. And it's so true. I mean, this is this was out of all the ideas that I had, um, you know, within a time period of five years, this is probably one of the worst ideas from, you know, if people looked at it and said it's a book, you know, books are going out, you know, technology is taking over. So if people looked at it from a financial perspective, they'll be like, they'll be like you're crazy, it's silly. Mm-hmm. You know, stationery is out, out the door. and But it was something that I was passionate about and it just made sense. Well, I want to ask about that as well too. We had a bit of a chat about this. But, I mean, the way is technology, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, each, each one of us has a computer in our pockets and a tablet and a laptop and all that. So why didn't you decide to put it on an app? A, f- a few reasons. The fact is that um, I wasn't too tech savvy. Um, it, it wasn't my thing. Um, I'll take you back to year 12 and um, my main subjects in high school were graphics and art, so graphic communication and, and art. And in year 12, um, that was when sort of computers were emerging with the technology in terms of Photoshop and, and the Illustrator programs. And the teacher said, you know, for your last portfolio, you can basically, you know, submit full um, using, you know, tech, using uh, Photoshop or Illustrator. You can submit your portfolio using those. And I think I was the only one out of the class that decided to do the portfolio with in hand, mm-hmm. basically drew, drew it out. And it was just the fact that it just never excited me. Technology, I was, I was one of the last to get on board, you know, MySpace, out of my friends. <laughs> um, even Facebook, I was, you know, a, a late adopter. Um, I was, I've never been an early adopter. It hasn't been one of those things that really excites me. But then also, you know, you know stationary people say it's all going to technology. Um, I look at the book industry. And when the e-readers came out and everyone was like, that's the end of books, physical mm. books, they're going out, they're, they're done. And the fact is, you know, people buying physical books is actually still a lot more than, you know, people buying e-readers. Mm-hmm. People, I think what's happened now is, is the users become hybrid user. So even with notebooks, people are still going to use their phones. I still use my phone for certain things. But the fact is I've got to, I've got to, I use my phone and I also use my notebooks. Um, and I think that's, that's the future. And you look at it with, you know, like I said, the e-reader, you know, some people might read online, but then, you know, people having that tangible, that touch, you know, you know, buying their own books, it's a different feeling. And it, and it's something that allows you to focus more on, on the thing that you're actually doing. Mm. Um, you know, we'll talk about it probably later, but in terms of I think we're inundated with information. So there's so much information out there that I think as, as consumers, we're looking for ways to filter that out because we know that the impact of all this information is 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 not that great you know for some things it is but the fact is that you know you see a lot more people overwhelmed anxious depressed sad because you know having all this information and not knowing what to do with it or hey it's it's not good Mm -hmm. so um i think for us you know technology was it was you know two main reasons the fact is that i wasn't really tech savvy and the fact is i still believe there's a big future for it Mm. I'm, i'm really happy that you you did make that decision as well too because i think in in terms of being sub 35, there's a tremendous amount of uh, emphasis put on creating a, a digital product. And, and I get the business model. I work for a digital business. I, I fully get it. But at the same time, if you don't have the coding experience, it's not about how to create the next app, the next, don't, don't focus on trying to get the next Instagram. There's only an Instagram yeah. out there, right? Just try to focus on is like, what do you love? What do you do? And, and play to your strengths yeah. essentially within that and actually creating a physical product. Like, it's like you know, you, you, took, you talked about there's ways to create it at scale. And we'll talk uh, probably in a few moments about your most recent sort of um, venture around being smart and utilizing that sort of technology to, 
yeah. launch a physical product, but you still create a physical product. There's a whole wall of them right behind you. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I think that's something that's so rare, but still so incredibly valuable. And yeah, for all the reasons you mentioned. You mentioned it's rare, but it, it, when we say with our, with our industry, there's so many people creating planners and notebooks these days. It seems to be a new thing. But you look at, you look at the um, timepieces as well, so watches, and you see what happened when, when Apple released the, you know, the, the iWatch. Everyone thought you know, the, the old watch mm. is out the door. And again, it's, it's, it's not. Mm. The fact is you know, there's Kickstarter campaigns with, with, with normal watches raising millions of dollars. Yeah. People still love buying you know, old technology or, or stuff that isn't you know, technology-based. It takes on kind of a new meeting, I think, in that you could have a smartwatch, but you yeah. could have this beautiful, you know, it's got... Time piece, it does the same thing, yeah. really. I mean, yeah. like I said, too many choices isn't necessarily mm. a good thing. Yeah. And, and I think as consumers, we want to go back to simplifying our life and actually being more in the moment and focusing on the things that bring us joy. Yeah. Um, we get dragged too many times in terms of looking through social accounts and, and, and going, oh, that looks cool, that looks cool, maybe I should do that, maybe I should do that. And that in my eyes, only causes action paralysis where you're just like, too many things to do, I don't know where to start, I don't know what to do, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose using that as a segue to go back for a sec, so you started to build some momentum, you started to get some early orders, mm-hmm. but you didn't just jump right into the business no. full-time, did you? No, uh, and, and like I said, I started this when I got married, when I had a mortgage, when I had a child in, 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 you know, coming along. So I had to sort of be clever about it and it took you know, the first four to five years, I was working on my goals part-time. Um, so about year three, um, I brought in a business partner. Um, so Alec, the one that designed it for me, um, he became my business partner and, you know, we're working yeah, like first four to five years part-time and it's only been the last 18 months that we've gone into a full-time and it's just been smart about it in terms of, you know, we've made definitely, you know, it's, it's not a perfect, perfect journey, but in terms of you make some mistakes and you learn from them, um, and, and the biggest thing that was the biggest challenge that we faced, especially, you know, running a business like this was the fact that our predominant product was a, was a diary mm. and creating diaries, you've only got about four to six months of heavy selling. And then after that, it sort of dies off. Mm. So, um, you know, from the onset, you know, the product itself, you sort of had to build up in order to, to make it, you know, viable. Otherwise, yeah, if you, if you, you know, you sell for four to six months, you get all this cash in and, and then it goes quiet for the next three, four months because people aren't buying diaries. Mm. You know, we could have been out of business if I went into it full-time, you know, after year two or year three. So, mm. so at what point then did you decide to put, put all the chips in and, and basically quit your full-time job and make this? When we could afford it. Yeah, yeah okay. that was literally like <laughs> when, it was, when it was viable and it made sense and it's, um, you know, like anyone knows with business, it's, it's, it's definitely challenging and they're changing, you know, retail landscape is changing very quickly here. Over, you know, overseas and in Australia, that um, competition is, is, is rife. There's so much competition out there. But, um, and, and people, you know, there's no real new ideas out there. So it's about us as a business becoming, learning how to promote our business a lot better and learning how to, you know, add value and, and, and really develop a community. So it's not just about having a good product. It's, it's all these other things that matter that mm. help you grow. So. I suppose on that as well too, I mean, give you a little, little bit about that journey? Like how did you go? Because you don't have a formal business background. You don't no. have a marketing, anything like that. You've done some jobs. But how did you, how did you learn to do all this? I mean, how did you learn to run it's a stationary a, business really? You, you sort of, I mean, you keep learning. I mean, the, the business background I do have, I, I remember doing a diploma in marketing. That was at night school. So that was another thing that I did throughout those years. And also coming back to year 12, actually, the subject that I got the best score in, 
and, and I got an award for it was business management. <laughs> and, and, I, and I always thought about it. I thought, you know, the only reason I chose business management was because it was all open book tests. And I thought, if no one can pass this, that, that, must, be, that must be silly because mm. it was, everything was open book. So it was really easy. Um, but then, um, you know, with business, it's, you sort of learn every year. There's, like I said, there's been plenty of challenges and there's been plenty of silly things that we've done. Um, but you also work out what your strengths are. And I've learned, you know, my strengths aren't necessarily, you know, the day-to-day business, but it's more, you know, the vision, um, the ideas and sort of, you know, creating, you know, my goals into something much bigger than it is today. Mm. So that, you know, I learned, you know, my strength is around that, having that vision. Um, whereas, you know, my business partner, he's more on a day-to-day perspective, you know, Alex sort of the operations and, and organizing, organizing, you know, the day-to-day stuff. That's where his strengths lie. So I think it's sort of... Combining two, you know, combining skill sets and just understanding what your best skill set is, and being able to sort of you know add add those other skill sets that you need to the business. Mm. Sure, over the trial and error, yeah, and trying some stuff, two steps forward, three steps back, hundred percent, kind of and that's what it is. I mean, there's you can read all the business books and that, but unless you go out there and try things, mm. and and people tell you it's funny, you know, there's 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 you know all these people giving you advice and. And it's not until you actually experience it that you realize, wow, yeah. I should have listened. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you sometimes think, nah, nah, we'll be fine. We know what we're doing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, exactly what they told you not to do and, and what's going to happen as a result, it happens. And there's like, bugger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm supposed, you know, I'm curious as well too. We've, you know, you talked early on about this, this, this anger you had against yourself for not not taking more, not taking a big step. Did you or, or have you had a moment where you've kind of sat there and gone, I've done it or or I'm achieving it necessarily. Maybe not done it, but you're achieving it. Have you, have you had a moment yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, 100%. And, and, I'll, and I'll try to do that monthly in terms of I'll try to reflect as, you know, in terms of what's happened you know, over the last month and, and the wins that I've had. And I think that's become an important part of the whole journey because when you don't, you sort of um, you get into the day to day, and you don't realize that you've actually made a lot of progress. So I've gone into the you know into the habit of you know looking back and going yeah, you know pat yourself on the back at times and say yeah look actually we're not where we want to be. We're not at that big ultimate vision where you know you're inspiring millions and millions of people, mm. but we're getting there slowly. Where we're taking action, we're doing this thing, and that and that's important. You know, looking back, if I didn't decide to start this. You know, I'd be probably working in the corporate world and probably hating my job, and and just sort of doing it for a paycheck. Mm. Whereas this is, you know, when you get those emails of people saying, you, when people meet people and they're saying, "We love your products and and what you're doing is inspiring us," that's brilliant. And you, and that's when you sort of, you know, that's when you really look back and go, "Actually, we're we're sort of we are creating something. We're doing something good." Mm. So that's always exciting. So we had a recent market and. You get users coming across and saying, "Hey, we love your products. We love, you know, what you guys stand for." That's that's the ultimate. You know, mm-hmm. there's a quote that I always go back to and it says, "To love what you do and feel that it matters, what could be more better?" And that's that's you know, I look at what we're doing. We're not only creating you know product, but we're creating product that helps people. People, and that's mm-hmm. so important. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I think as well too, you know, one one thing 
part of the reason I love this story is that it's not just this crazy overnight success where it's like, you know, if you, you know, if you were telling me, Dustin, if your listeners follow these three steps, they'll create a million dollar business overnight. It's, it's the hard work and the perseverance and keeping an eye on the vision. And I know one thing, and maybe this is more of a reflection of myself, but it's this idea that, you know, the standards are, are set so impossibly high that we use the Facebook and the, you know, the, the Microsofts of the world as, as our metric, but we don't, look back at, you know, what are the other 99% of businesses that are amazing and extraordinarily and creating a really positive impact. And, you know, it's not just a, you know, quit, you know, quit on your job tomorrow and just go on, go all in sometimes. Sometimes it is just about a slow burn in the background, chipping away at it, growing, evolving. But at the end of the day, you got to take action. 100%. Nothing happens without taking that first step of taking that book, writing yep. it out, you know, putting in a $2 binder and is your prototype. Well, that's the thing. I mean, and, it, and it's been challenging over the last few years. You, you see in the media, um, there's a lot of success stories. Mm. And they talk about, you know, challenging six months or 12 months and then all of a sudden they're making $10 million, $20 million. Or, and that's hard to see. You know what I mean? I've been doing this for six, seven years now. And um, you sort of sometimes think of yourself, oh, am, I, am I a failure because we're not at that level? But then that's not the case. The case is, you know, you, you, everyone's got their story to tell. And Gary Vee always talks about being patient. Mm. Um, and that's that's what we've sort of taken on board. We're building something bigger. We don't want to just be an overnight success and be here for one or two years and then we're gone. You know, I hope to see my goals around for the next 10, 20, 30 years. You know, I've got I've got young children and, you know, hopefully they can sort of be part of the business <laughs> as well in, in the future. So it's um, – and it's just going at your own pace and, and just realizing, okay, we're in the game. Anything can happen. Mm. I think anyone that's in business, the fact is that if you're in the game – Anything can happen tomorrow, mm. especially in the on, on the online space. In the online space, the fact is that you don't know who will pick it up, mm. and and that one person can change your business overnight. So um, that's what I was thinking. I mean, we're doing the right things. We're growing each year. Um, we're expanding each year. Um, I think we're just at that point. You know, we've only scratched the surface. So I think we've got you know the next few years in terms of where we go and what we do. It's going to be exciting. Well, I suppose on that, I'd love if you can kind of take us a little bit on that journey. And we've talked quite a bit about your, your, you know, the story up until now and the slow burn and the perseverance and getting those early wins and the momentum. But you, I mean, I originally, I think uh, where I actually found your product was actually your Kickstarter campaign, mm-hmm. which when I looked at it going, here's a really cool product and holy crap, they've, you know, four or five times act X to the results of what they were at the goal they're setting out mm-hmm. to do. I mean, no doubt you have a phenomenal product, and I think you sold how many units now? You we you sell know? roughly about a hundred thousand units yeah. per year. Incredible milestone to hit. Um, yeah. I suppose what is the next couple of years look like for Michael's and yourself? And, and I keep saying this, and it's and I think we're getting to the to the point where it's where it's starting to take shape. We always seen my goals as bigger than just being a stationary brand. Um, you know, the next few years, and especially probably in the near future, I want to expand that out into into kids and different segments mm. um, and tech is, is still on the cards you know you mentioned tech before that's something that we still want to we want to still be a part of like my goal is sits there in the middle but essentially it's not a stationary brand it's a brand that helps people realize their full potential be better yeah so we can create tools you know tech tools around that we can create you know kids book series around that we can create events workshops you know it, it's quite open in terms of what we can do to fulfill that need and to fulfill that mission so, you know, in the near future, the thing that we're working on is this kid's range. I've got two young daughters. I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old. <laughs> perfect test market. <laughs> 100%. Perfect test market. But I've, I've also, you know, I wish, you know, looking in hindsight, I wish I had 
I had the skill set from an early age to understand that you know the benefits of goal setting. To understand that you know if I know what I want, why I want it, and how I'm going to get it, then anything's possible. Whereas you know our generation or the generation below us, it's that instant gratification which can which can be you know a hinder a hindrance for you know for the future. So I want to go back to that that mentality of you know being really you know the, you know the next generation being doing the things that matter to them and not. Doing any, you know, doing these things that their friends are doing, or they just want to do superficial, that. Kind Super, of, exactly. Yeah. You know, so that's really important that they learn. And, and the simple, you know, goal setting process is is one of those things that can help them sort of realize their potential, realize their future. Yeah. So um, that that's something that we're working on next, and also just expanding out into you know different tools and accessories that help people, you know, fulfill their potential and, and do the things that matter to them, and just sort of help them be in that moment and be aware. It's like okay, you know, this is. This is, you know, who I am and this is what I want to do and, yeah, go out and do it. So, mm. you know, we're, we're trying to create that brand, that go-to brand. When you think about it, you go to Apple to buy yourself a, an iPhone or a, a computer. You go to MyGoals to buy an accessory to help you become, you know, better. Mm. I one thing too that popped in my head when you kind of, when you said that too, is this idea about be, be married to solving problem, be married to solving the problem, not the solution. Yeah. Right. And I, and I love that. And that focus on what is the problem I'm really trying to solve and be relentlessly focused on trying to solve that problem. And again, it could be as simple as looking inside. What's the problem you have? What's yeah. what's something that you want to solve? And I'll be damned if there isn't anybody listening to this that can't pick probably five of the things off the top of their head that they can't solve now. In fact, if you know, if you're listening to this, write it down. Yeah. And there might be there might be, you know. Your idea there, your idea. To, exactly. To, Solve your own problem and that's the idea. Yeah. That's essentially, the, that's a good starting point. People will say, I don't have any ideas, but I can assure you if you, if you, if you look at it, you've got all these problems, you know, yeah. and, it's like, and that's an idea. Like, oh, wouldn't it be great if this was better? Wouldn't it be great if this didn't happen? That's yeah. the start of something. Or take something that's already out there and look about how you can yeah. change it or tweak it and make it, you know, different, 100%. something that satisfies you kind of thing. So. I, I truly believe it's never been easier to start a business in this day and age with with the you know, with the technology out there in terms of how quick you can, you know, build a website, mm. the fact that you can drop ship, which is basically you don't even have to have a product, you don't even have to purchase a product, but you can sell someone else's product and they'll do all the shipping for you and you just have to set up a website and drive traffic towards it. Mm. The, the hardest thing I find is to actually build a brand and build, you know, longevity in business. Yeah. And that's what we're learning, you know what I mean? From, the, from, from day one, they go, what was the hardest moment in the business? And, you know, sometimes you hear people say in the beginning, in the beginning, it was hard to, you know, from a mindset <laughs> thing to sort of get over that barrier of believing is it possible to create something. But now the hardest thing is is actually building it and growing it and, and consistently staying ahead of your competition. Mm. Because, you know, what I tell people is it's it's not a matter of David versus Goliath. It's all these little Davids fighting <laughs> between each other yeah. to get market share. And then they're going to be taken on the big, you know, Goliath yeah. at one stage. It's like you go through all these pre-fights to sort of get the chance to <laughs> yeah. take on Goliath. Yeah. So, um, whereas before it was like, you know, yeah, you know, the, the small startup can sort of, you know, take on the big guy straight up, whereas now it's not the case like that. Mm, absolutely. And, um, you know, I've got a, I've got a quote that sort of underpins the YT podcast and it's by, um, uh, oh wow, this is horrible. I'm forgetting his name. Um, oh wow. 
not good with names. I'll squeeze my caveat <laughs> there. Uh, but anyway, it's if, if information was the answer, we'd all be billionaires with apps. And that you're absolutely right. It's never been easier to start a, a business, but there's still, it's back to the why. It's back to the you versus you and the yeah. sort of the journey around that. But I suppose one thing I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you before we get into the last section of our podcast interview today is just to talk very briefly about what are you, how, how does a, a guy that runs a goal setting business how do you set goals? What's your sort of methodology or process around goal setting? The the process and the how is is, is really simple. I mean, uh, from as I mentioned from you know when I was sixteen, I the logic of goal setting made sense to me. The fact is, if you know if you understand what you want, why you want to do it, and how you're going to get there, that's it. That's the process. I mean, I think too many of us look for that magical pill, that magical um, you know equation, and there isn't one. It's just you know I'm going back to you know the biggest problem is the fact that we've got all this information in our heads is like 50,000 thoughts per day and what people struggle to do is is to filter that and goal setting is one of those tools that helps you to filter that that's it really and so I keep it as simple as that I mean um, and, and the way I look at goal setting is it is a tool that's got to improve my odds of success that's it if I had mm. to rate myself out of 100 there's all these little things that are going to help me uh, against my competition against myself and goal setting is one of those things. If you if you take more action than the guy next to you, that improves your odds. If you network, if you get it out of your comfort zone, if you have a clear vision, these are all the things that improve your odds. They don't guarantee success, but they improve your odds. Mm. So I look at it as like a game internally in terms of I'm setting goals because I need something that's going to bring me back on track. Otherwise, I just get overwhelmed. It's as simple as that. Like I mentioned, I had all these ideas, but I wasn't doing anything about it because I couldn't focus on one thing. Yeah. Goal setting allows me to do that. So they're like, all right, Adam, you're getting off tandem. Go back. What, what do you need to concentrate on? What is what is that thing you're aiming for? And I've got this saying, it's long-term vision, short-term focus. Mm. So it's really important to have that long-term vision for me, but it's that short-term focus. What am I doing today that can take me closer to that vision? It's something I love as well too. Um, and I think well, I was inspired by what you do because there's this idea that, you know, January 31st, January 1st, everybody sits down, everybody writes the goals, yeah. everybody's done it, I've done it, and then you're really good for a couple of days and weeks, but it's hard sometimes to take those big ideas that you can do over a year and break it down into, okay, what do I do today and today and today and today and today? Because nobody is going to get smarter, richer, faster by thing you do in one day it's the little things so the little things are the big things consistency and how do you how do you break that down how do you come back to that and as well too you mentioned and i, I couldn't agree with you more it's something i'm becoming more passionate about that we're so information overloaded i might check i might log on to my phone to you know take a look at my my planner kind of thing but pretty quick uh it's uh, the phone is designed to yeah. track your attention into something else 100%. and then all of a sudden their whole goal is to keep it there as long as possible yeah. which is contrary to what you is best for you in the moment you you don't need to spend an hour that. on Instagram, you know? And, and the, you know, the phone developers, they know that, you know, and they're, and they're creating these machines that are literally making us robots yeah. and, and just sort of, you know, making us zombies in terms of, you know, information. But, um, yeah, in terms of, you know, for, for us, it's it's sort of been just simple consistency, understanding that I'm, I'm going to muck up. There's going to be days that, are, that aren't great, but if I make some sort of progress towards that big goal, then that's winning. You know what I mean? There might be days when you're in the zone when things are going really well and you smash it out. That's great. But it's the things that you do when you don't feel like doing it. If you can get yeah. one or two you know, key emails off or whatever it may be, it could be really simple things, but as long as you've done something, mm-hmm. I may not be there, but I'm closer than I was yesterday. You know, yeah. That keeps ringing in my head. And it's it's, it's a simple, I, I, I develop these little trigger points, you know, because like I said, I'm not perfect and, and I've had issues with anxiety, with 
with you know overwhelm and, and self belief and all that. But it's just these I constantly try to sort of coach myself basically all right adam you got this you can do this when times get tough it's like all right cool it's not going the way you expected but what can i do about it yeah. so being self-aware and just sort of asking myself those questions it's kind of kind of goal setting is you coaching you you optimistic yeah very forward focusing is focusing on adam when he's having a really shit tuesday yeah. and going no 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 these are my goals it's okay you know yeah. i'll just Go, do a little yeah. bit today and go at it tomorrow and try it again kind of thing oh or it's or it's just looking at you guys and going actually oh i've made some progress you know what i yeah. mean look look how far we've come and sort of just patting yourself on the back and going shit yeah i'm actually doing okay yeah and again and I'm, be sure, happy with I'm sure probably a lot of people listening to this or listening to this you're probably a somewhat an a-type personality i know i'm mostly an a-type and yeah. it'd be really bad for that even with the podcast i i appreciate cory wassell he's really good for this and sometimes i'm feeling you know i want it to be at you know half yeah. a million kind of thing and he's like well look how far you've gone you know try to focus a little bit more on that and getting the positives and you know just taking a few moments because what, yeah. what you do what everybody does it's not always easy but and 100 and it's going back to that old adage of being present and being in the moment enjoying the journey enjoying the process you know, even Gary, a lot of, you know, that is essentially being able to sort of say, you know what, I'm doing something that I love and, and I'm enjoying it. I'm not just waiting for that goal to reach that goal. Then I'm going to start enjoying my life. And that's hard. You know, I sometimes struggle because yeah, I think everyone struggles with that point. It's like waiting, oh, once this happens and this will happen. But it's in, in fact, it's about saying, nah, this is happening now and I'm going to enjoy the process. Yeah. Good or bad. Love the journey. Yeah. I suppose it's cliche, the, but it's, it is literally it. That's it. Oh, look, I think what you said, and this is something I've said, is that I actually don't think there's really any new ideas. I think it's, you know, no. it's the, the wisdom's out there. It's already. And, you know, people try to, I think they try to take it and repackage it as something 100%. new or their own twist. And, and there's value in that. And I mean, I am guilty of that if you're listening to the podcast, the same thing. But really trying to, you know, I think when it boils down to it, it's a, it's a few key lessons. And if you do that, that's that that's the 80 percent right and and that's where i i get a little bit frustrated with i think people focus on that that 20 percent and that becomes the thing you know you know if you're if you're you're going to the gym you know oh you know i had something bad kind of thing and and that ruined it or i didn't get the right type of shoes and it's like that is so irrelevant if you go to the gym every day and even just the act of walking to the gym you're better off than if you just sat on the couch it's got to happen so get back on the horse you know i was um, last month I had, you know, bouts, I had viruses, you know, two weeks out and, you know, that ruined, I had a little bit of momentum going with my, you know, going to the gym, working out. I could have just said, bugger it, too hard, you know, I've lost two weeks now because I've been ill. But it's just like, all right, get back on the horse and start again. Yeah. And that's it. And it's just got to get back on the horse and you've got to enjoy it as well. So yeah. find activities and things that you somewhat enjoy and that makes the whole process a lot better. Yeah, 100%. Back at it. So I suppose obviously keeping that on time, we want to transition on to our rapid fire questions. You ready to go? I think so. Let's cool. do it. All right. So you might have already answered this one, but um, I'll ask you again. And, and if there's another uh, a backup answer you want to give because you've already given the answer, I'd love that as well yeah. too. So what book has most changed your life? And I'd love if you could place this as to where you first read it and what context did it change everything? So The Hero's Journey by Jim Stein. So as I mentioned, 16 years old, um, just thinking bigger and wanting to escape the ordinary and then I read this book and it's literally you know page after page telling me exactly what I'm feeling and it was the first time I read anything that that understood exactly who I was is there a second book you might recommend another book that's I always pick this book and it's not one that changed my life but it was just a fucking good read and, and I apologize for swearing because no, give her. It, okay, it's, swear. it's, it's scar tissue by um 
Anthony Kiedis. Ah, Red, Red Hot, Hot Chili, Chili Peppers. Peppers. Yeah. It is one of those books that you just, it's a page turn and you keep reading and go, this can't be happening. This, this is not true. And the journey that he went through, you know what I mean? It's just, it's an epic book. So if, you, if you're looking for a, a book, not, you know, it's not a personal development book. It's not a, it's not a fluffy book. It's just a good read. Um, so that book is yeah, it's stuck with me always. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a big fan of reading biographies. I've just finished reading Charles Schultz's biography again. Yeah. Um, and I love being able to look at somebody's life through a different lens and talking about how, if it's a good written book, in my yeah. opinion, they go through not just the good, but the bad. bad as well. How did they go about that? And in mentioning that, probably the, the latest book from a bio book that, that everyone should be reading as an entrepreneur is Shoe Dog by um, Phil Knight. So oh, is it? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. You read this book. This guy runs you know, ran one of the biggest companies in the world. And when you read through the pages, you're going, this can't be happening. This mm. guy, he, he didn't have all the answers. Mm. You know, he wasn't the most switched on guy. It wasn't a perfect story. It was a lot of, you know, for the first 14 years of Nike, literally every day they could have went under. Mm. Like, you know, things were growing quickly, but their mm. cash flow was terrible. You know, they weren't, you know, people weren't lending them money. Mm. Um, they had a total, you know, their, their group was a, a bunch of misfits. These guys are running Nike, right? And they've got people that are unfit, unhealthy, <laughs> and they're developing this community. It was just, they're all accountants. Half of yeah. them were accountants, but it worked. They developed this amazing thing. And, and the, you know, you read it and it makes you feel like, and this is actually possible because this guy didn't have it all together. Yeah. He struggled with the same things that, you know, a startup struggles with from a day to day perspective. It was like a day to day, can you do it? Can he, he had limiting belief at times. So if, if, if you want a good read, read that. It's, it's amazing. Be putting that on my list. Um, who has been the greatest influence on your life growing up? And it could, it could be somebody you didn't know or some other prominent figure. I mean, look, the, the influence of my parents. I mean, I'll go back to them. As, as much, you know, we talk about them, you know, hoping for the best and, you know, they're looking out for you. Um, I think they've always been there. And, and the influence that they've had in terms of the person that I want to become and that I am becoming in terms of respectful, you know, honest, um, you know, just, just a good person all around, uh, you know, what they've taught me over time. I think it's, it's, you know, they have definitely influenced me the most. Um, so, yeah. Excellent. Um, what gives you a disproportionate return on, on investment of your time and energy? Is bad energy in terms of his, um, you know, hate. I mean, it's, it's, when you put it out there, you know, when you when you live in in hate and or in fear and that, the return on investment is, is is never great. I mean, you put all that energy into sort of, you know, fear or or hating something or not liking something, it just makes you feel terrible and nothing other good comes out of it. So on on the flip side, what do you do that gives you a huge amount of reward, a huge amount of energy, a huge amount of um, uh, happiness? I guess talking about something that you're passionate about. I mean, I've realized that, you know, you from a business perspective, when you're stuck in the office during the day-to-day, you can mm. sort of get mundane. You, can, you know, you forget what you're actually doing. But when you get out there and you talk to people about the vision, talk about your business, it's amazing the mm. effect that it has in terms of it's sort of, it's like a, it's like a drug just to lift you up and go, this is, this is, this is amazing. And you come back with, you know, enthusiasm mm. and I think it's really important from a business owner to sort of get out there and meet new people get out of their comfort zones get out of the office talk to people about your vision talk to people about what you're doing help people um, connect with people mm. it, it really gives you know a huge impact I think one thing too um, I heard a long time ago and I, I've come to appreciate more is that you, sometimes if you, even if you don't know what your vision is at the time you're still discovering it 
go find somebody and help them achieve theirs. Because yeah. what you'll find on that journey is you'll start to, you might be inspired by that, but you know, just being around that energy and the enthusiasm and watching somebody go through that journey, I think quite often it helps you begin to distill and it, 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 you see them wrestle with and can teach you the questions that maybe you need to be asking yourself to kind of get to that point. So for anybody sitting at home, and I've, I've heard this excuse, and I, one of my friends had a, had a passionate conversation about it, that you don't have to know the answer, but you have to do something exactly. to go find the answer. And it's not about waiting for it to show up in an epiphanic moment. Yeah. It rarely happens. Go out there and start. Make progress. Exactly. Tony Robbins always says that one of his main quotes is, progress equals happiness. And it's true. You think about it from a day-to-day perspective. You do something, you tick off, you know, exercising in the morning, you tick off having a good meeting, whatever it may be, that's progress. And you mm. sort of look at it and go, yeah, great day. And you go to bed with a smile on your face and go, things are happening. Mm. So if you get in the habit of just making progress every day, you're onto a good thing. Yeah. It can't be, it can't be any worse than exactly. that. Yeah, there's a, um, kind of might have already answered this, but what mantra or inspirational quote has most changed your life and why? I'd love if you could place this as to where you first heard it. I like and uh, it, it's not a, I mean, it's to love what you do and feel that it matters. I mentioned that before, but it just resonated with me. And it was a pastor, um, I was listening to a podcast and, and he mentioned it and it just stuck with me because it just related to what we were trying to build. You know what I mean? We, we, we love what we're doing and we feel that it matters. And it's true. I mean, it, you're ticking all the boxes and, it, and it's, it's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. And it's a powerful legacy that we hope to, you know, one day leave. So, mm, fantastic. Um, if you could give a 20-minute TED Talk or some other speech on something you're maybe not well-known about, maybe a hobby or interest, um, what would it be and why? That's a good question. And, and I, th- I thought about this and I thought, you know what, what would I give a TED Talk about? And Because and, and TED Talks have to be some, somewhat, you know, different. And, and I thought, you know, I've always questioned why the hell are 80s comedy movies so much better than what's out right now? And it's, it's just, <laughs> and it's, and, you know, the music, the characters, the story, the plot – you know, I'm, I'm a big, you know, movie buff and I always look, you know, the latest comedies and what's happening in the mm. world, it's not the same as it used to be. The 80s and the early 90s, it was like gold. It was like these classic hits and I'd, I'd probably get up there and talk about, you know, what's happened to movie making <laughs> that it's just gone, it's gone crap. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, one out of 10 are, you know, good. Whereas yeah. back in the day, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, and the, you know, Back to the Future, all these movies were just classics. classics. Yeah. And it's just like, why, why, what, what are they missing? What are they doing differently? You know, they're missing out on that entertainment factor. They've tried to make it too serious, too real. You know, whereas it, you know, moves are make believe and sort of you know escaping reality. Mm. So interesting. Um, can you take us quickly through your morning routine? So morning routine is is literally I wake up, um, have it's a, a good coffee. Start. <laughs> it's a great start. So I wake up anywhere between six thirty and seven. Um, I have a coffee before my wife or the girls get up and that's just my quiet time. You know what I mean? I have a nice coffee. I, I, I switch on the news and then um, as of late, I've been doing this. I've been doing a seven-minute workout. I've got the app seven-minute workout and it just, and just sort of centers me and, and, and it just gives me that, that, that push in the morning to sort of start the day well. Um, I also have a light breakfast and then I'm off to the office around anywhere between 8, 8.30. So, yeah, to get the day started. Off you go. Yeah, off I go. That's it. So it's a pretty simple day, you know, simple simple start and it changes. You know, you, you go through these phases where you try new things and <laughs> yeah. that's okay. What works, it does, but it doesn't, what doesn't. Yeah. yeah, and you learn new things and you go, what works best? So, yeah. So, I, again, keeping in mind the context of what you do, do you do you review your, your, your journal every day or I, how do you the, integrate the, that in? The, the night before, 
I'll go and potentially do it. I'll yeah. most likely do a, get, you know, like a, a to-do list for the day ahead. So that's my time. Um, obviously, sometimes you, you might miss it the night and you might do it straight first thing yeah. when you get into the office. Um, but either or, yeah, so I start the day with what I have to do in terms of the list. Also, it could be, you know, the weekly focus, what we're focusing on or the goal that I'm focusing on. Have a quick look at the goals as well yeah. just to see how we're tracking, how I'm tracking personally and, and, and you get on with it. That's it. Yeah, one thing I, I quote that always inspires me when I when I think about what you do in the product is uh, people uh, overestimate, you know, underestimate what they can do, you know, overestimate what they can do in a week and underestimate what they can do in a year. Yeah. Um, and just by focusing, on said breaking down weekly goals and just chugging away. So it's fairly new for me as well. Yeah. Like, admittedly, I've known this, but I've never actually put a discipline routine in, and I'm still getting there. But it is pretty powerful when you can look back and say, you know, somebody says, "Hey, how was your week?" and be like, "Shit, I had a pretty good week. Let me tell 100%. you why." Not just like, "Um, what did happen?" Like, exactly. You know? <laughs> and being aware that self awareness and it's it's challenging to sort of get into that good you know routine and that. But the fact is, if you keep going back to it and you keep doing stuff. If you keep understanding why you're doing what you're doing and do it, then, you know, over time, like you said, uh, things change. You yeah. look back and go, well, actually, from from the start, like I said, 800 units, and now we're at, you know, roughly about 100,000 units per year. Hmm. And we've got, you know, exciting new things. And people actually, it's funny when people actually know who you are and, and what you do, like the brand. They know the brand. It's like, oh, really? Cool. Hmm. That's, that's good to know, you know. So it's, it's um, yeah, like you said, people underestimate what they can do. Yeah. I suppose probably my last question for you is um, obviously we've gone through quite a journey of really talking about, you know, where you'd come from and, and, you know, facing, I think what pretty much everybody faces and that's, you know, having sort of those negative limiting beliefs and something that obviously want to start the podcast all about going on, you know, how it's not always this just like crazy whiz bang. You, you start yeah. this business and, you know, a year or two, you're, you're kicking goals. It can be a long sore thing. You're, you're creating something that where everybody's saying go digital. You're yeah. creating a, a physical product, which, you know, it does get a bit of a, at least what I say, a bit of a bad rap. People go, oh, it's a lot of money and a lot of liability and all that, but you've you've done it. Um, and obviously where you are now and, and talking about the future. But I suppose, you know, if if you could go back and send yourself a message, um, and it's it's not to change the course of what of where you've mm-hmm. gone to today, but something you could send a message back to to yourself or somebody listening who's on a similar journey, just to make it make it easier, make it a little bit kind of, yep. you know, reduce a bit of the anxiety a little bit. Um, what would that message be? Again, this is a cliche. It's just, it'll be just do it. Just start something. You know, I had all these ideas and like I said, I didn't do anything with them because I didn't believe in myself. And for anyone that's contemplating or has got an idea, choose one idea and, and, and start taking action. Set a goal. I mean, break it down and go, what do I need to do tomorrow and start doing it? You know, I think right now we've got probably two months till the end of the year or just under. I think it's a perfect moment now to sort of finish the year strong and sort of Go out there and action some things. If you're if you're fearful, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. You know, I was always fearful of what people may think, and, and still to this day, it still plays on my head a little bit. But it, it's a constant battle for me. Um, but what's the worst that can happen? You can fail. You can the idea might not take off, but you can try new things. You know, I wish I started you know implementing my ideas when I was 18, 19. You know, you can fail a few times. You can try new things. You can build that self belief. And you know, who knows? You know, that's think for anyone start do something that's it take action yeah you don't like you said you don't need to know exactly what you want to be doing but i'm sure there is something that you want to be doing right now so do it just run with it 100 percent. adam it's been an absolute pleasure um just for everybody listening where can they stay up to date to your journey or reach out um 
website, so www.mygoals.com. Um, yeah, best places there or Instagram at mygoalsfeed um, and also at mygoals on Facebook. Perfect. Make sure I have all the links in the show notes. But Adam, thank you so much for your time today. It's been incredibly generous. Um, and I, I personally, again, I'll add on. I love, I love what you guys are doing. I love probably not that, but also just how you're going about it as well too. I think it's, I think it's something that at least I see a huge amount of value for people. And and there's, I think, and if I may be so bold, I think there's a lot of synergies between what you're trying to do in the world and, and what I want yeah. to achieve on this podcast. So it's great to, it's great to see you out there doing that, creating that, and and really driving that message. I think it's, it's in such a such a noisy world. Yeah. Um, I think it's just such a simple, pure message that it's, you know what, admittedly it's not as that big, sexy, make, you know, a billion dollars in the two yeah. years kind of thing, but it's an honest story and it's, it's the one that needs to be told and the one that needs to be heard. So I really appreciate your time and thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Dustin. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Hi, everyone, and thank you again for joining me for today's chat. Please make sure you jump on Facebook to quickly like and share this podcast episode. If you're not already following me, please take another quick minute to hit that like button so you can stay up to date with all new podcast episodes, exciting announcements, and other things going on. You can find me on Facebook at Project Y2, that's at Project Y and the number two. And you can also follow me on LinkedIn if you're there. Don't forget to share and rate this on wherever you find your podcast episodes, and I look forward to having you join me again for our next Y2 podcast.